Colossians chapter 2 and verse 8. If you're there, say amen. amen. All right, beware, lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. For in Him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in Him who is the head of all principality and power. And this evening, I simply want to preach and teach on this subject. It's all in Him. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. The Bible is the unfolding story of God's revelation to and God's relationship with humanity. And the undeniable and cumulative witness of both the Old Testament and the New Testament is that our God is absolutely and indivisibly one. Now I realize that as Oneness Pentecostal believers, we profess to believe this truth. But tucked in the middle of a fascinated prophecy in the book of Daniel is this declaration in Daniel 11 and 32. Those who do wickedly against the covenant, he shall corrupt with flattery. But the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. I understand that that prophecy has an immediate context, but leapfrog to 2021 where you and I are living today, and I believe that it remains true and applicable for us as believers and disciples of Jesus Christ. The people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. And so my mission tonight is to unapologetically inform and remind us of who our God is, that He is the mighty God in Christ, that He manifested Himself in flesh to redeem us from sin, and that His name is Jesus. You see, when you and I do not merely profess that we are oneness believers, but when we genuinely live out a resolute belief that the fullness of the Godhead is in Christ Jesus. When we know that we know, we don't think, we didn't grow up this way, it's not just what the person on the pew told us, but when we know that we know that it is all in Him, then you and I become unstoppable agents who fearlessly and relentlessly will align ourselves to our divine assignment as Brother Herring masterfully preached Sunday. It's amen. Amen. So let's go to the Bible and survey what the Scriptures would say that it's all in Him. Amen? Man, I kind of feel like I am doing a eulogy at a funeral right now. I mean, 
I think that we are a oneness Pentecostal church. But I think my point is just made that we can profess something we do not practically believe. Because if we practically, because if we practically believe that he is who he says he is, we are unstoppable. We are fearless. And we will do what we are called to do. Amen? Genesis 1 and 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And that begins the unfolding story of God revealing himself to humanity. And that revelation is crystallized in Exodus 3 when God commissioned Moses to lead his people out of Egypt into the promised land. Exodus 3 and 13, Moses has some questions. And Moses said to God, Indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Thus shall you say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Moses... I am God alone, and I am the God of all possibilities. Then just prior to his death, as Moses is reminding the people of God, he articulates and affirms this universal truth as now being the central tenet of faith for people who are in covenant with their God. Deuteronomy 6 and 4, you may have heard before. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. The great I am that I am, Moses said, is absolutely and indivisibly Everybody say one. He alone is worthy of our worship. He alone is worthy of our love. And he alone is worthy of our obedience. And so as time moves forward through the Old Testament, even when God's people reject who he was, and even when God's people rebelled against his word, God still mercifully sent prophets to call them back into covenant and back to, into a realization and an acting upon the truth that he alone was God. Isaiah 44 and 6, Thus says the Lord, the King of Israel and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first, and I am the last. And besides me, there is no God. In Isaiah 43 and 10, God says, You are my witnesses, says the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am, that I am he. And before me there was no God formed, nor shall there be after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and besides me there is no Savior. Amen. 
even in the face of their backsliding, God still promised that he would come himself to redeem them and to redeem and reconcile all of humanity back into a relationship with him. You may have heard this before, Isaiah 9 and 6, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name, whose name? Unto us a son, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Nobody has any problems with that. Everlasting Father. Prince of Peace. Of the increase of His government and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over His kingdom, to order it and establish it with judgment and justice, from that time forward, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. So God said, I'm coming, a son, and his name shall be called. Wonderful, counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. Fast forward to the New Testament. In the fullness of time, God kept his word to come and save all people from their sins. Hear the words of the angel talking to Mary in Luke 1 and 30. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus, he will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob or Israel forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no. Hello. Do you see the direct word? Connection to Isaiah 9 and 6. Now hear the words of the angel talking to Matthew. In Matthew 1 and 21. And she, speaking of Mary, shall bring forth a son, and you shall call his name, for he will save his people from their sins. Who alone is the Savior? So all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel which is translated God with us. Matthew wanted his audience to clearly understand that by incorporating the supreme Old Testament name of God, Jehovah or Yahweh, the name of Jesus encompasses everything the Old Testament had revealed about God. God, Yahweh, Creator God, was now expressly revealed to humanity through Jesus Christ. Deity and humanity 
was now inseparably joined together in the man Christ Jesus. This is the resounding message, by the way, of your Bible. It is the resounding message of the New Testament. But we can notice especially in the Gospel of John his persuasive witness to just who is Jesus Christ. John 1 and 1. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. John brilliantly used the language of logos or word to take on and to turn upside down the false beliefs of the Greco-Roman philosophers and the Jewish rabbis. They believed, and what the church came to believe, was that the Creator God would never descend into the messy cosmos of humanity. But John masterfully declared that the Creator God had not only descended unto the chaos, but that God had revealed Himself in a relational and personal way. John 1 and 14. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John then methodically demonstrates through the miracles and the I am statements of Jesus Christ that Jesus was God manifested in the flesh. We see a vivid snapshot of this in John 8 and 58 in a conversation about who is the son of Abraham And Jesus said to them, most assuredly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. Now the historical institutional church may have become confused over who Jesus Christ is. But the scribes and the Pharisees in that day, they were not confused about what he just said which is why they immediately tried to kill him. They understood Jesus had not claimed to be from God. Jesus had not claimed to be a part of God. He wasn't coming to tell them that there was this big cherry pie in heaven and it was all one substance, but there were three distinct slices of the one substance cherry pie, which maybe you've heard some Trinitarian try to trot out there to defend the institutional beliefs of tradition. Jesus didn't come talking about a cherry pie. Jesus came and said, I am. I am God. I'm not from God. I'm not a part of God. I'm not a slice of God. Jesus said, I am God. Amen? So it's not by accident that John made Thomas's declaration following the resurrection of Jesus Christ, he made Thomas's declaration the defining confession of his gospel. John 20 and 27, Jesus appears to them. Thomas is now with them, doubting Thomas right. And Jesus said to Thomas, Hey, reach your finger here and look at my hands. And reach your hand here and put it in my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. And Thomas answered and said to him, 
my Lord and my God, my Christ and my Yahweh, my Christ and my Creator is what Thomas declared and confessed that Jesus Christ was. Jesus Christ was both the I Am and the express image of the I Am. Deity and humanity inseparably joined together. This is why to the apostles, Jesus being both Lord and Christ was not mutually exclusive but mutually defining. It's why throughout their preaching, they interchanged the terms at will because they understood who he was. In fact, this transcendent truth of the identity of Jesus Christ, it transformed the church's greatest enemy into its greatest evangelist. We see that in Acts 9 and 3. As he journeyed, Saul journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground, and he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And Saul said, Who are you, Lord? Yahweh, Jehovah. Saul is a one God Jew anchored in the Old Testament. And Saul said, Who are you, Yahweh? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goads. This supernatural revelation of who Jesus was transformed Saul, who we know commonly as Paul, into what may be the greatest ambassador of the Lord Jesus Christ who has ever lived. Why? Because he understood finally who Jesus really, really was. Now Paul, Paul possessed a masterful understanding of the Old Testament. He could from memory quote extensive passages He understood every intricacy of the law and the oral interpretation of the law. Paul was a brilliant master doctorate level uh, understanding of the surrounding Greco-Roman culture and the philosophies of that culture. So when Paul writes to the churches that we read in the New Testament, he is not theologically ignorant and he is not confused. His writings are not contradictory and they are not evolving. Paul is clear. It's all in him. The mighty God in Christ, it is all in him. Here is writing to the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians 5 and 18. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is... That God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Paul declares God was in Christ. To Timothy he wrote, which would be considered the equivalent to Deuteronomy 6 and 4 of the New Testament, Paul says, for there is one God. 
and one mediator between God and man, men, the man, Christ Jesus. He then would say, and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. Not a mystery to be solved, a mystery that has been wonderfully revealed. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen by angels, preached among the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up into glory. Who was that? Jesus Christ. God was manifested in the flesh. This is the mystery of eternity now revealed to you and I. God manifested in the flesh. The glory of God revealed in the face of Jesus Christ. Last but not least in the apostles' accounts of Jesus Christ is John's revelation or unveiling of Jesus Christ. Revelation is that magnificent capstone to the biblical witness of who God is. John was in the Spirit on the Lord's day when he heard God or Yahweh speak, echoing the very words that we read that God uttered in Isaiah 44. In Revelation 1 and 8, John heard God say, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord, who is who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Following the receipt of the message to the seven churches, John is transported into the throne room of heaven. There John saw, and there John described the central point of all eternity and all that exists in creation. John said immediately, I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne set in heaven, and one sat upon the throne. Yet immediately thereafter in Revelation 5, John now saw a lamb sitting on that one throne. And that lamb who is now seen and worshipped is both the Lord and the lamb. John then receives a series of visions that intrigue us even to this day, unveiling how everything and everyone, including Satan, is subject to that one who sits upon that singular throne. This systematic revelation of who Jesus Christ is concludes with the unveiling of New Jerusalem where God will dwell with His people forever. And we can all say, thank you, Jesus. And this is what John says in Revelation 22 and 3. And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it. Notice, the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and His servants shall serve Him, and they shall see His face, and His name shall be on their foreheads. We're not talking about them, they, and theirs. We are talking about His, Him, and His name. Amen? And remember God's declaration at the beginning of Revelation? Remember the I Am, the first and the last? Now at the end, it's Jesus making this declaration in Revelation 22 and 12. 
And behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Amen? It's all in him. Now, I could pound you with dozens and dozens and dozens of additional scriptures if you would like. I can quote scriptures from Genesis to Re- I can't quote. I can read them from Genesis to Revelation until you pass out from sleep deprivation or you pass out from dehydration, but I don't think that's necessary. Suffice it to say from the survey just this evening, The whole witness of Scripture is conclusive. God is who He says He is. God is who He says He is. And as oneness Pentecostal believers, we gladly leapfrog the confusion of what the church came to believe, and we simply practice what others merely profess, which is the supremacy of the Scriptures. And what the church came to believe influenced by Greco-Roman philosophy which could not allow God to come down and be with us and therefore they had to ontologically separate God into co-equal, co-eternal, co-powerful, whatever the expression might be of this triune being. We gladly leapfrog over church tradition and we just go back to the simplicity and the supremacy of Scripture that God is who He says He is. And with all due respect to church creed and culture and tradition, we choose the clarity of Scripture over the confusion of tradition every day, all the time, from here to glory. Because the only defense of what the church, the institutional church, came to believe is that it's just a mystery we cannot know. And so whenever the scriptures get close or contradict, they just wave their hands and maybe even sincerely say, it's a mystery we cannot know. Well, I'm not sure I agree with that because the God of the universe who gave us His inspired Word, did not give us something that is confusing or that leaves us misunderstanding who He is. He gave it to us with such simplicity and clarity because He understood, I really am who I say I am. And it's not any more complicated than that. I am the mighty God in Christ and my name is Jesus and I alone am the Savior of the universe. Amen? I'm the mighty God in Christ. I'm the everlasting Father. I'm the Prince of Peace. I am God all by myself. And if you try to split Him up, what you end up is a who's on first comedy of confusion about who are we talking to. 
because it's God's spirit. It's Jesus' spirit. It's the spirit working. It's the spirit in Jesus' name. It's God coming in his, it's Jesus coming in his father's name. If you try to splice God up, you have a comedy of confusion. But when you just take God at his word, then you can understand he is who he says he is. And if that God be for me, then who can be against me? And if I really believe he is who he says he is, then I can fearlessly align to my assignment. I can march into my destiny. I can be who God's called me to be. I can walk through every valley. I can take on every temptation. I can go through every trial. I will always triumph triumph because... I know in whom I believe. I know in whom I believe. And I'm convinced that he is who he says he is. Amen? And so this is why Paul said where we started, beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world and not according to Christ. For in Him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And you are complete in Him who is the head of all principality and power. It just is what it is. It's all in Him. If you're able, let's stand. For your sake and mine, Sister Bethany is going to lead us in a treasured hymn that I happen to love in spite of all of the abuse towards hymns. If you know it, join in. If you don't, learn it and join in. But it's worth memorizing. Amen? Amen.